It's the Killer Bees, and that means you have no idea what's happening next. Could it be the next great food debate? A Jill rant for the ages? An extra bad take from Joe? Or maybe Jeremy will call for a bounty gate on someone? Well, let's find out. It's time for the Wheel of Bits. Oh, my goodness, would you look at this. What an enormous bit. Let's play Buzzkill Branham. I love whenever Bob Archer says, what an enormous spin. <laughs> it cracks it's me so up funny. every time. I don't know why I like that so much, but I like that. I, got, I don't like buzzkilling things, but I feel like it's my public duty uh, to buzzkill things. I just feel like I owe it to the city. I don't like doing this. I really don't. Uh, I have a good heart. I'm a kind person. Uh, I like the best of things. But I feel like it's my public duty. So I'm going to buzzkill a couple of things today. I don't know why you're laughing, Chewy. Uh <laughs> I, I love Justin Verlander. I literally love Justin Verlander. Huge fan. Huge fan of Justin Verlander. I don't love the fact that he had shoulder inflammation, uh, but he was on the mound today, which is great. Like I, I like that as much as the next guy. I love the, that Justin Verlander was on the mound throwing pitches today. That is awesome. But people were acting like because Justin Verlander was on the mound today that he's 100%, that he's back, that he's good to go, that he's fine for you know opening day, that here we go, let the uh, plan the parades. It's not that, like it's a good sign that Verlander's on the mound because sure. it means that he feels good enough to be on the mound to test it. But the day of reckoning isn't today when he's on the mound. It's how he feels tomorrow. A lot of these strength guys will tell you it's really the soreness comes into play the second day. Right. So today wasn't like the finish line from this shoulder inflammation thing. Do I think it's like minor? I hope so. Verlander thinks so. Dana Brown thinks so. And he's throwing today, so there's nothing like structurally wrong. But today's not the hurdle. Tomorrow's the hurdle. How he reports back, maybe even the day after that is the hurdle. So I hate to rain on everybody's parade. I hate to be Buzzkill Branham, but today's not the finish line. Tomorrow or even the day after is the finish line. And look, this might have been part of the, the plan, the schedule, when it's just that everything's under the microscope because now everything's available to the media for the most part, and instead of going to the backfield, everybody, oh, he's back on the mound. But it's this is all part of the progression, and you shouldn't want Justin Verlander back too soon, and you shouldn't be judging things too quickly one way or the other because at the end of the day, like you said, you got to see the recovery, but more so than that, he's got to understand his, where his own body is because of all the years he has doing this. And you don't necessarily need him in the first week of the season. You don't need him opening day. I know everybody gets, gets crazy about who's, who's the opening day starter. It doesn't matter. Who's the first playoff starter and the second playoff starter? Who are the guys that are going to be the front of your rotation guys that are going to be the difference makers when this when it really the rubber hits the road and everything means a whole lot more? That's when you need Justin Verlander. Yeah, this but even even him pitching on the mound today is not the like that's not the finish line. So that's the first thing that I'm buzz killing today. Sorry that I had to do it. Uh, but let's look for how he feels tomorrow. Let's look to see how he feels Friday. Uh, how does he feel that next day? Because even Verlander told you on sp- in spring training, the first day, yesterday, uh, the 14th, that was yesterday, uh, whenever he met with the media, he said, I threw, and then I think he even said the next day is whenever I, I felt uh, the shoulder soreness. J.P. France, same thing. J.P. France said I threw a bullpen a couple of weeks ago. It was the best bullpen I'd thrown all offseason, and then I woke up the next day and felt sore. Him on the mound isn't the hurdle. It's, it's the next day and the day after that. It's to see how he responds. After the bullpen. I also don't know how hard he was going. Is, like, it, is he throwing at 50%? Is he throwing at 90%? Yeah, and is he ramping up too quick because he's working on something or doing you don't know? But it, it's not the external, like what we see and the fact that, hey, we saw him on the mound today. It's the internal. How, how's everything inside of that throwing arm feel? How does your body react and, and where are you at 
in terms of the mental, mental with the physical. Because, like I said, from a Verlander perspective, it's one thing because he's done this for so many years. From a J.P. France perspective, it's different because this is his second season doing this in the major leagues. And, you, you know, you just have to understand your own body and realize, hey, if I'm still feeling things, you know when you're just sore from throwing as opposed to I'm sore because my elbow doesn't feel like it normally does or my shoulder. Yeah, so let's uh, let's see how he feels tomorrow. Let's see how he feels the next day. Second thing that I want to buzzkill, a lot of people are talking about the Chris Jones, you know, the parade yesterday before all the, the horrible stuff went on. But before that, Chris Jones was at the parade saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And everybody's like, we'll cross him off all these free agent lists. Let's cross him off these Houston Texans wish list. And I, I really don't want Chris Jones with the Texans because I don't, no, I don't want either. to sign a, a huge salary this offseason, quite frankly, uh, but especially that one because I feel like he doesn't try hard all the time, only kind of when he turns it on. But just because he says that at the, at the parade, probably after he had a couple of pops in the celebratory mood right in front of the home fans, that doesn't mean that he's going to stay in Kansas City. That meant absolutely nothing. Oh, my goodness, Tiger just shanked one right into the tree. He wants – he, I mean, Man. what do you, you want to crap on your home fans that, that just you just want a Super Bowl with? No, you want to fire the crowd up. You want to be the ultimate chief. You want to ride the wagon out on the parade for the for the final time for that season. And you want to say all the right things. I'm sure his agents were both cringing or however many agents he's got. I think he's got two. But I'm sure his agent was going, oh, my God, please don't say that. Because at the end of the day, and I saw an interview with Spagnola recently, and he said, you know what? He's the kind of guy that really turns it up a notch when we need a big play. Does that mean he's also the kind of guy that doesn't turn it up a couple of notches on every play? Because he, you know, he's a very outspoken guy. We know what he pulled at the start of the year. He's chasing a big bag, and the Texans shouldn't have any interest in that big of a bag for one guy with all the guys we've highlighted yeah. that they need to go get. But what he's saying in a parade in front of yeah. the home fans, it's that uh, that means absolutely nothing. It that was his, no way to me. That was his pom-poms and his foam finger. That was his way of just fight, saying the right thing for the yeah. crowd. And even then, it, it could also be a negotiation ploy to the suits upstairs. Like, hey, look, I'm, I'm pandering the fans. The fans want me put a little bit more pressure on the, on the uh, the GM and the front office guys to be like, yep. hey, let's let's resign this guy. Uh, Honey Glaze Branham, why has Joe been acting like he's part of the show the past couple of days? Put him back in his cage where he belongs. Here, you did kind of, you just kind of, you kind of made a very um, rapid appearance today. It was yeah. like you weren't, and then all of a sudden yeah. you were. I was getting family stuff going on, doctor's appointments, all that fun nonsense. Took longer than expected, so I had to get here a little bit later. I didn't yeah. need the big introduction. No one knew, but then they were like, we haven't heard from Joe yet. And then all of a sudden, boom, yeah. Joe was here. I didn't know if they knew or not that I at least was a little late. Uh, but I'm here now. I bet, you, I bet you there's a lot of times where you don't say your first thing to 45 minutes. Yeah, for sure. Show. Like, there's probably lots of days Yeah, when like you guys that. are rolling, like, sometimes I barely talk at all when we're on remotes. Yeah, there's a, there's a little hint. Triple zero two word around the campfire. Some Astro fans want Dana Brown to trade Bregman for Machado because he's younger. Exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. A bad word, lots of exclamation marks. Machado is volatile and pushes players away. Three exclamation marks. Uh, rumor has it. I haven't heard this at all. I haven't heard no it at all either, but we've highlighted the contract <laughs> itself, which says and screams, not Astros. I wouldn't trade a bucket of curveballs for Manny Machado. Me either. Sorry, I wouldn't. His contract is stupid. And his attitude is bad. Yeah, He I is don't. a total me, me, me guy. You think so? I've seen a lot of the documentaries and a lot of the, the things. A documentary on Machado? It was on It was on the, the Dodgers, the year he's with the Dodgers. And, and then he and, and it was like everything from like behind the scenes and, and when 
Kobe and people were meeting him and things, and, and it was like, and then the stuff that it was just about he had to have and his way with the team and everything like that. I'm, he's a very, very me guy. He obviously has a massive contract, but that's what we say, 11 years and 300. Yeah, see, I get, the, I get the other impression on Machado. Like, once he got to San Diego, now he had some immaturity back in the day, and he's even talked about that. But remember, he was the guy who pulled Tatis in the dugout, was like, hey, you need to get your together. Yeah, I, I just I saw a lot of the stuff that I was watching that, that just showed me that he was very me-centric in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of times when you see, like, he carelessly gets thrown out of a lot of games. And I, he's not thinking about, like, if they were – not that the Padres had big, big games, but they were making a push late in the year, too, and he'd get tossed in the first or second inning, and, and he was constantly worrying about, you know, a lot of me stuff. I, I just I, – the biggest thing for me is I'm staying away from that contract. That's the thing. There's no way the Astros are going to entertain that kind of a deal. No, I would – again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take on that contract for free, even though I do think Machado is really stinking good. I'm not touching that contract. Key from L.A., uh, where are you guys going to be on location on a Friday? That's my next day Friday. off. would like to come hang out with the high. Ex-Golf and Katie next Friday. Where do you live, Key from L.A.? There you go. Come out. Key from L.A., you play a little golf. Do you think Key from L.A. golfs? No. Why do you say that? I just don't think so. Well, I know, he spends all the, what we, hints has he given you? He gave us his top five things to do now that football's over, and it had nothing to do with golf, and he's got a lot of other things that he's got to do. I, don't, I just don't think he's a golfer. I think he's a bad team watcher. Joe, you think he's a golfer? No, I don't get that vibe. Why do you? What, what gives you the anti-vibe that he's a golfer? I just feel like I don't feel like Key from L.A. We have plenty of golf conversations on this show. Like, I just, like, offhand don't feel like he contributes to a lot of those. Any of them. Oh, I like Key from L.A. I do, too. Oh, no, no one said he we might not like be a him. golfer. And it's I don't not like Key. his taste. And why are we calling him the wrong name? I well, thought we changed his name. We did for a little bit. It's Key from I, Kirby. I feel like it didn't really stick. Speaking of Key from Kirby, I got a new name for you guys. Why is that? Tom from Kirby. You know who Tom from Kirby is? No. You know how good C.J. Stroud is, guys? Yeah. C.J. Stroud is so good that he got a lifelong Bears fan in my father to purchase season tickets. Oh, really? So wow. we have season tickets for the Texans now. You mean like your father and I have season tickets? Uh, if you want to go, you can have I some. think he likes me more than you. Probably fair. Your father. I, I wouldn't so be So your dad surprised. bought season tickets to the Texans? Yes. A lifelong Bears fan? Yes. Is that... Is that Bush League? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. You know, he's a lifelong he lives here Bears now, fan. Right? He lives here now. But how long? How long has he been a Bears fan? I mean, I don't know. He's like sixty life, right? So let's just go fifty-five years. Yeah. He's lived there his entire his entire life until the last two years. So he's lived there his entire life until the last two years to follow the grandkids. He's been a lifelong Chicago fan. He still yeah. is, he still says he's a Bear fan. Yes, right? yes. And he bought season tickets to the Texans to go watch them every Sunday, where they probably have a lot of schedule conflicts with the Bears because that's yeah. the way the NFL works. Well, I don't know how many he'll sell. I'm curious. Is that Bush League what Joe George's father just did? Probably. If he loves football and he can't go to the Bears games yeah. every week, I, I think I don't blame him for doing that. I, I would. Like I would never stunned. do that. I would never do that. I would stay in my house on my big screen TV in the comfort of my own home. And watch my team play every Sunday. Which so because like, admittedly, didn't get that's ticket what I've always done. Like I'll go that's to Texas games do. when the Packers aren't playing at the same time. Yeah, I mean, maybe there won't be a lot next year that they play at the same time. I'm curious what he'll do on those days when he has to make but a tough choice. They yeah, play, they might have they, some standalones. Are the Bears yeah. here next year? They are here next year. Oh, theirs is out. He can just say, I bought the whole season tickets just so uh, I get the Bear game. Oh, that is a pretty good out. That's a pretty good out. What was the name of the golf place? X Golf. X-Golf and Katie? Yep. That's where we'll be next Friday? I can't yep. wait. There you go, Key from L.A. We'll I'm going to embarrass and myself. Next Friday. We're currently at the decoy in Spring Branch. Swing on by, say hello, have a pop. A great spot to hang out after you get off work. Happy hour until 7 o'clock. Uh, it's a great spot, great happy hour spot. Uh, 713-780-3776. When we come back, 
It's mock draft season. We're making mock drafts great again. Why is this one great? How do we make the Texans better? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. And you're back with the Killer Bees inside the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the Decoy. Here are the Bees Knees themselves, Joel and Jeremy. He's blank, I'm Brandon. We are at the decoy in Spring Branch. Great, great, great spot uh, to have a little happy hour drink. Chewy's enjoying a happy hour drink currently. Glass of water. Uh, Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. So we're making mock drafts great again. Trevor Sikama, Pro Football Focus, is the mock draft today. Which, by the way, we're going to start uh, making this interactive. We're going to start letting you play along. I'm gonna, every, time, every day that we discuss this, I'm going to p- post the same question we talk about, uh, the four players, and then we'll revisit the next day to get a fan approach on what they want. Uh, it's currently on my Twitter, at Jeremy Brana. Uh, I'm giving, I posted a poll, four options that we'll be deciding from today. You can as well, and then we'll talk about it the next day. That way you can get in on all the fun of making mock drafts great again and making the Houston Texans. Texans better as well. So this one has Caleb Williams going number one. Uh, Joe's dad used to be a Bears fan, no longer is, which uh, this texture agrees that it's not a bad investment. He said Texans season tickets for 24-25 is a sound short-term investment. Did mm-hmm. he, I wonder if he had a, did he have to buy a PSL or anything he like did. that? He bought a PSL. Uh, I can't believe they're short still selling those things. Right I told my dad last night. free it's, money. It surprised me that they were still available. I thought that the... The line would uh, pick back up. I remember when Jeremy and I used to work at the Highway to Hell. Yeah. They used to promote the fact that there's twenty thousand people on the wait list. Yeah, no. Those yeah, people. Then when the team went down, so did the wait yeah. list <laughs> to zero. Then they started selling group tickets. Yeah, now they're sending out spam emails every single day. Did you see C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson both yeah. won Rookie of the Year, yeah. trying to build your excitement up to get those season tickets? It worked for an impressionable old man like Mr. George. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Williams goes number one to the Bears in uh, this mock draft. Drake May, he stays at number two. They had a trade-up here. Denver traded up. Hmm. Uh, they traded the 12th pick, a 25 first, a 25 second, and a 26 first uh, to trade up to number lot. two. That is a lot. Now, I don't know if the commanders are the one that would be trading down here. Like They kind of need quarterback, too, unless like Cliff Kingsbury likes Sam Howe. I don't think that he would. Uh, Cliff was Cliff did a pressure today. And he was asked like, "How does like?" I can't remember the question that was asked to him or how it was phrased, but it's like, how, "What do you envision in your quarterback?" And he said, "The, the quarterback in Kansas City." So it's like, so isn't that more Jaden Daniel than it is Drake May? I think it's Caleb Williams. Well, of course, but I don't think he's going to get him. <laughs> but I think it's more likely. I think it's uh, I think it's going to happen. I think it's more likely Washington trades up than trades down. Um, I, I don't see this happening. But anyways, Jaden Daniels goes number three to New England. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., who people are saying is the most likely to have a Hall of Fame career in this draft class, number four, Roma Dunze, uh, the receiver from uh, Washington, goes number five. Joe Alt, the uh, tackle uh, from Notre Dame, goes to the Giants at six. J.C. Latham, uh, the offensive lineman from Alabama, at seven to Tennessee. Dallas Turner, the edge from Alabama, he goes to Atlanta at eight. Malik Neighbors, receiver from LSU, he goes nine to Chicago. So they get Williams and Neighbors, and then tenth, the Commanders, they actually trade back up two spots uh, and select J.J. McCarthy. I'm not a big fan of mock drafts that pro- project trades. Yeah, I mean, this I one, even, if like you it. actually even look at the uh, the Falcons pick, below that it has Bears received 2024 third and 2025 third for Justin Fields. Oh, so he projected so a field trade. So he even trade. projects a field trade later in the draft. Yeah, so I'm not a big fan of the projecting the trades. But anyways, McCarthy number 10 to the Commanders. That's surprising that McCarthy... Uh, would get that high, Michigan quarterback. Scroll on down. Houston Texans are on the clock, and they select 
Jerzon Newton, def- the uh, interior defensive lineman for the Illinois Fighting Illini. If this is the pick on draft night, how would Jerzon Newton make you feel? Well, I, I don't know that I feel like he's better than than the big boys that Texas has and some of the other D linemen on the on the draft board. But I, I do know this that I, I listened very astutely, attentively when when D'Amico said he wants to improve the defensive line, and so. I, I'm 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 fine with them taking a defensive lineman there, and if this is the guy that they're dialed into, then so be it. Because they got to do something. Because if you're not going to bring back the guys that at least one of the guys that have been very effective for you in the internal defensive line, then you got to replace them. And we've talked about how hard that's going to be and how limited they could be money wise. So I'm fine with it. I'm actually a Newton fan. I think Newton's a better prospect than where he's going to get drafted. I think largely that's because it's it's position. Like you don't see a whole lot of defensive tackles unless they're just absolute studs uh, get drafted like top five, top yeah, ten. Jalen Carter, Jalen Aaron Carter's Donald, like that's the and even Donald slipped to what 13? thirteen. Yeah. Yep. So like Donald, a freak, slipped to thirteen. So like defensive tackles usually get drafted lower than their production if they hit. So I'm a I'm a Jerzon Newton fan. If he's the selection at number twenty three, I'm not going to have a problem with that. I think it's a great pick. I think he's a stud player. Like between him and then what Murphy from Texas, like there's two probably really good interior defensive tackles in this draft. I I think Newton is the best one. Like I, I think he's a guy that like has shown through Big Ten play that he can disrupt disrupt a game on the interior. And I think it lends credence to what, Joel, what you brought up with D'Amico. But also, it means you hopefully didn't invest in defensive tackle and free agency, and he can be the upgrade there. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I don't dislike this pick at all. Now, the next three picks, as we play our game, putting our, shoes, or putting our feet in the shoes of Casario, uh, Amarius Mims, the tackle from Georgia, goes 24. We're probably going to cross him out. Cooper DeGene, uh, corner from Iowa, he comes up again. He goes to tw- he goes to number 25. And then Graham Barton, interior offensive lineman, goes number 26. So you have the choice, Newton, Mims, DeGene, and Barton. Who are you selecting? Well, this comes down to, again, I'm not going to take an offensive lineman. I'm either going to take the defensive lineman or I'm going to take the corner. Uh, and, and to me, it just comes down to who you're re-signing or – what your solutions are, and with free agency starting before the draft, you know you're going to know pretty much exactly what they're thinking and who they're not bringing back, and that weighs into this. I think that I'm just going to stick with it. If I know that they might need both, and I know that there's a lot of corners that are going to be on the board, but I also know that I keep going back to what D'Amico said, and he'll be focused on that, and he's got a loud voice in the room, so I will stay with the defensive lineman. I'll be okay with three of these guys. The only one that I'm eliminating is uh, is Mims, the tackle. Like I, I like we've discussed this plenty. I, I'm all right drafting an interior offensive lineman, so I'm going to keep Barton as my possibility. Uh, and I would like Newton. I would like DeGene. I would like Barton. Any of those three, I'd be fine on draft day. I'm going to cross off Mims. Uh, if I had my selection here, I'm in. <laughs> uh, this is tough. DeGene is someone who intrigues me. His lateral movement that Lance said yeah, kind of lacks it concerns me the most. So he's going to be in a safety? No, they say, they say it's possible. It depends on how he, he responds as a corner. It depends on who drafts him first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say he might be a nickel. Um, some, some just say he's going to be a corner. So I think it depends on who drafts him. I think if the Texans were to select him and they didn't pick Steven Nelson or they didn't re-sign Steven Nelson, I think they would let him be the corner until he failed at it uh, before they moved him. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Newton. Like to, Newton, to me, is the best prospect of those four. I have some questions about DeGene's lateral movement, thanks to Lance Erline. and Jerzon Newton too. Like he's got the uh, the better 
uh, rank. If you look at Daniel Jeremiah's just like prospect rank, he's 28. Now, DeGene's not very far behind. He's at 29, so it's like they're, they're right there uh, close. Lance Erline also has Newton as a 6.36 prospect grade. He has DeGene at a, a 6.34. Barton's actually the highest of them. But I feel like you can draft guard later as opposed to the opportunity cost of losing out on a defensive tackle. So I'm going Newton. Uh, I'm going Newton as well. And I think part of the reason why I lean going Newton here is that, you know, if you look at the San Francisco 49ers draft history when D'Amico's there or even teams like the Eagles that have, like, these powerful and, and super deep defensive lines, they kind of just keep taking guys. Even when it feels like they don't need to, they keep reinvesting in the defensive line and create this depth. So even if you do sign – you know, some guys in the offseason, and, and Newton's there. I like that move. I, I just think that the way the NFL is played now, it's such a rotation to, on the defensive line that adding someone like him makes a ton of sense. Now, you assume that he's a first-round pick. He's going to start right away. Oh, he'll yeah, yeah, he would and, start. And, and the thing is, is the fact that I think we all felt pretty good about the way Rankins played a year ago. Yeah. But the fact that at the end of the year when I thought, hey, he gives a big passing grade for me, I'd be interested in bringing him back. Then you get D'Amico's comments, yeah. and you're like, Evidently, they're probably looking to upgrade or move on. See, that, that could be the, the wrench in this conversation, though. If you re-sign Sheldon Rankins, but you don't re-sign Steven Nelson, i probably flip to Then you got to go yeah. to Gene. Uh, Absolutely. Like, I think it's hard right now to know. Like, we'll have a much better picture when free agency starts. And if you re-sign both of them, I don't think they will. I'm going Graham Barton. Yeah. I'm going to be the one guy who takes Graham Barton. Yeah, the only thing that I would push back on that is you still got to replace so many starters yeah. that you, you, know, you, you committed money that now comes off to get the two starters back. Now I need another starter somewhere, and I don't know that I'm going to be guaranteed that if I take an offensive line there, he's instantly I, well, going to start. I, I disagree. I disagree. You think he's going to start immediately? If I'm selecting, if I'm selecting an offensive lineman at 23, he is my day one starter, yeah. and I have to feel very confident about that because I agree to your point. Like why we haven't like necessarily seen eye to eye on like the possibility of an interior offensive lineman there. Right. If I'm selecting one, he has to be a day one starter, yeah. and you have to feel really good about it. He can't be a project. Uh, which maybe Canyon Green was a project when you selected him. Like, you can't be making that move. It's got to be Tyler Linderbaum type of selection. We're, we're, we're past it's the project It's got to be a 10-year guard yep. or center. Yeah, I'll be honest. This draft, like, I, I looked at it, and I was way more excited. I like Newton the player. I know we typically just stick to the first round here. I was way more excited as I scrolled through this mock and looked at the second round. I didn't even get that far. He no. has the Texans taking Tez Walker, the wide receiver from North Carolina, in the second round. I like him a lot. That's the player who he his season started late because there was this weird transfer oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was going from yep. Kent State to North Carolina. He still had seven touchdowns last year in a shortened season because of all that weird transfer stuff. I think he's a stud. And, like, honestly, I think, if, I think if he played not at Kent State and played a full year at North Carolina, I think he would be going much higher than everywhere he's being projected. He's, his eligibility was in question. Yeah, that's what it was. Quite they, a bit. They yeah. said that North yep. Carolina – failed to provide certain documents yep. in the transfer, even though everyone else can just transfer willy-nilly. There was this weird thing where they just like weren't letting him play and ruled him ineligible. He's a stud. His first game, I think he caught two touchdowns from Drake May. Yeah, he appealed, and then yeah. he, at first he wasn't allowed. Then when he played, and then when he finally hit the field, he looked pretty good. Yeah. Didn't North Carolina have that basketball thing a couple of yeah, years they ago? Yeah, had the same thing. Where they, they were ha taking the test for the players and stuff? I wonder if it was similar to that with that's football. Probably, that's might, maybe that's why they were very like strict with him. Yeah. It's because they didn't want that whole thing to, to come, come up again yeah. uh, from North Carolina. Just under 100 votes on the poll so far. Are you playing along from home uh, at Jeremy Branham if you want to vote? Uh, they have Newton 
at 54%, Cooper DeGene De at 37%, Mims at 9%, and poor Graham Barton <laughs> hadn't got a single vote. I, Graham Barton zero votes. And we're going to and we're going to and I already tell you like I don't know I know all these people that follow you on Twitter and respond to you on Twitter don't listen to the show. I know, I know it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. You ask a very point, like pointed question, yeah. and we got Kool Aid McKintree responses. The <laughs> ones yesterday were like, "I want this guy, I want this guy." I'm like, no, 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 you no. Get these four. You get four <laughs> options. That's not the exercise. <laughs> That's not the exercise. Like, I was looking at your responses yesterday. I'm like, dude, half these guys like are not even in the conversation. I usually just scroll by them, but yeah, you're right. It just made me laugh. Like, <laughs> just... I'm like, I pull up the one just now and I see Kool Aid. Or this guy said Kool-Aid. That's the other thing. That's not an option. 713-780-ESPN. Newton, Mims, DeGene, Barton. Who would you take of those four? 713-780-3776. It's a Thursday, and every Thursday with the Killer Bees, we present to you Bad Take Boulevard. What are the worst takes of the week? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. So many bad takes on sports. What do you do with all of them? Only there is something in your head to control the things you say. Well, the killer bees use them to build an actual street where they can get run over for all eternity. 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 What's that street? Bad Take Boulevard. Robert Manford stepping down in 2029. The bad take here is that he got employed through 2020 or through 2028. Stepping down to the end of January 29. So four more years. Uh, the bad takes that they gave him a job for this long, but it is it is rejoiceful that he is finally going to see his tenure can, come to an yes, end. Yes, we can finally see the end game, which is beautiful. The problem is he's going to collect about two hundred more million dollars, making biased and bad decisions until then. Yay! Should should I be the commissioner of baseball? Should I be the next commissioner of Major League Baseball? I think you need to take baby steps. What do we have to do for Branham to become the next commissioner of Major League Baseball? Uh, start as an intern. In baseball? Is that what Manfred did? No, I don't know. Oh. I just don't know where you start. It would be a raise. It's true. No, you I think? can't. I would love to be the commissioner of baseball. If Manfred can do it, I can do it. All right, let's get to our uh, our other bad takes. If you have some bad ones, 713-780-3776. Uh, Pat Mahomes won his third Super Bowl title, which, what is he, fifth quarterback all time, to have won three Super Bowls or more. Uh, looks like he's going to be chasing Brady, which to me is still tough to do. He's uh, Brady's he's got a long way to go. But on draft day, around draft day, remember the Chiefs traded up for Pat Mahomes. Remember they sat Pat Mahomes for an entire season behind Alex Smith. Remember, he had huge question marks coming out of Texas Tech. Product of the system, blah, blah, blah. Didn't really do a whole lot of winning in college, blah, 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 blah. Well, a guy by the name of Justin Spiro, he had an audio montage of all the bad takes after Mahomes was drafted. So, Patrick Mahomes, I don't like it. I do not like this pick. It is Patrick Mahomes. Just like I said to you, Trubisky, doesn't have the resume that tells me that he's better than Deshaun Watson. Now, Dan Trank will say Patrick Mahomes does. This is a really good football player. And I think these types of guys don't come around that often. Like, if he's that good, you went yeah. over Deshaun Watson, you, you traded up, but I still got to wait on the cookies. The cookies ain't ready yet. I'm willing to invest in that type of player because I believe in his skill set and what he is going to develop into. When I hear words about Pat Mahomes, these are the words I hear. Undisciplined, lacking fundamentals, immature. I disagree with you. I don't believe it's a reach. I believe this guy's a very talented player in the future. Why are you drafting a quarterback? Why are you trading up to draft a quarterback that doesn't just have bad footwork, has no footwork? 
I can see this guy developing into a really good football player. The only one out of them going to win a championship, if there is one, is Deshaun Watson. At the end of the day, we had Mahomes rated above Watson. That's how we saw it. Mahomes clings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! Jackpot. So John Dorsey was all the positive comments. Yeah. He was the general manager who traded up for Pat Mahomes. I love John Dorsey. Uh, he was. He comes out of the, the, the Packers front office. He did so many good things to rebuild the Chiefs and then the Browns. And then the one bad thing was how Baker all went, and then the hiring of Freddie Kitchens as the head coach. Yeah. But why hasn't John Dorsey, Dorsey have another job just in player personnel when he can evaluate talent? Yeah, I agree. I, I thought that Dorsey kind of got it wrong. Do you hire the wrong head coach? Yep. That, that situation could have been a lot better. They had some things that went the wrong way. I didn't. I didn't dislike John Dorsey a whole lot, though. I thought he was fine. I, I actually, when they before they hired Casario, that was the name I kept throwing out that they should at least interview because I thought. With a, a young team trying to turn the corner, he's done it in two different places. Where and if you give him credit for some of the stuff in Green Bay, he knows how to evaluate talent. I mean, do, I, I guess I don't know what his day to day is in Detroit. I didn't even realize he's this. there. I didn't either. He's I didn't a know senior personnel executive with the Lions. He's been there since 2020. Smart hire. So yeah, it's it like the way they've been drafting the success of the Lions. Like, I feel like we got to give a little bit of credit to John Dorsey. No question. He was always super aggressive too. Like he would make splash moves. Like yeah. he brought. Od- I'm pretty sure he brought Odell to Cleveland. Yeah. Like he would. He would make I the mean, splash. The, the trade he they dra- made he, was huge for Mahomes. Whether he drafted or he got, he got Kareem Hunt and found Kareem Hunt. He drafted Chubb in Cleveland, I believe. He like he put together uh, two really strong rosters in Kansas in Kansas City and Cleveland. The name that you keep hearing there, though, that little montage of who was going to be better. Than Mahomes was Deshaun Watson. Yeah, like, yeah. A lot of people were saying Watson was going to be better than Mahomes. No, no, it's not even close. Mahomes, three-time Super Bowl champion. Watson, he's still fighting uh, civil lawsuits with his. You might have to testify in another behavior. One, huh? Yeah, I saw that. I think I still think the worst take of all the, the Mahomes stuff at this point has to be the team that allowed the Kansas City Chiefs to make the trade. It was the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills had the tenth pick in the draft or whatever it was. They traded it to Kansas City, and now they. They can't be that's him. the team they can't be that like yeah. they had Allen. No. No, 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 I don't know. Was it when was Josh Allen drafted? Was well, he drafted I mean, then, in 2018? Then it makes sense of why you would trade. No, I know, but like it's the fact like it. you can't beat him, and like now Patrick Mahomes is just is Allen older than Mahomes. Josh Allen was drafted Good. in the 2018 draft. Okay. Oh, so they didn't have Josh yeah, Allen. Yeah, I didn't think they did. I thought I thought Mahomes, yeah, was in then the that's even that, that, that's worse. Yikes. See, it makes it that doesn't make sense now because you were still you had you're going into the year with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Now I think you you did make the playoffs that year. I think they did. They did make the playoffs that year. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think Mahomes, Tyrod played fairly well that year. Mahomes was the tenth pick in seventeen, and Josh Allen was the seventh pick in eighteen. And they traded up for Allen too, which is like yeah. another thing. Like you traded out of the Pat Mahomes pick, and then you traded. Up for Josh. And, and Josh Allen's good. But Josh, Josh Allen. Allen but Josh Allen can't beat Patrick Mahomes. And he can't win a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. He's never going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, Jeff Goodman. <laughs> was, oh. and by the way, was the Buffalo picks being made by the what? what the one that the, who's the GM here that that O'Brien oh, Gain? Gain was Gain. He was I, with in Buffalo them. then. Yeah, was, Gain yeah. was, was Gain them. was there before. He was like consulting or like part of the deal before he actually. Oh, he's like got, an assistant GM. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was employed by Buffalo before yeah. he before he took the Texans job. Uh, Jeff Goodman, who you know him from the you might. 
might not know him. From the field of 68, he had that thing the other day where he was sliding into somebody's DMs, accusing them of being a prisoner, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but Jeff, he's a notorious coach chaser. Like, he defends coaches no matter what. That's why he was so mad at that DePaul guy with that Big East documentary is because he was bashing a coach and accusing him of cheating on his wife. And Jeff Goodman felt like it was his prerogative and his, like, he felt like he had to defend him. Anyways, uh, Jeff Goodman on January 3rd tweeted, Ohio State is 12-2. and Where are the Chris Holtman haters now? Since then, 2-9, and 4-10 and in Big Ten play, and have fired their coach, Chris Holtman. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a good look. I, although I do wonder, like, even out the door, they were Ohio State was praising him. But, like, I, I thought that, you know, I, I think he's been there like six, six, seven years. But at the same time, I didn't think he did a bad job at Ohio State. But to do it now, it just seems like there's something else to it. Why I, would you do it in, in, in still in season? Head start on all the other coaches. Okay. Uh, I, I, that, that would be my answer. I don't know if that's 100%. Maybe, maybe it could be like a disagreement, too. Looking at Holtman's career, Holtman's career, he's been really good for a long time. He, three years at Butler, went to the tournament each three years. He won a game each three years in the tournament. Went to the Sweet 16 once. He was good in his first five years at Ohio State. Last two years, they've not been good. My uneducated, complete guess, he doesn't play the NIL game. Yep. Complete, uneducated. Well, I guess it's semi-educated. I think I, I, I think that's the number one thing that comes up with every coach these days in college sports. How do you go from really good to really bad overnight? Yeah, I, I think it's like what we're seeing in college sports right now. It's almost, if you see it. Chip Kelly situation, it's because the schools won't play the NIL game. Yep. If you see a coach like this who had good success, started off well, won a couple tournament games yep. early on, then falls off, it's probably the coach will not play the NIL game. It's yeah. all about that now. You just can't be that stubborn and standoffish when you realize yeah. this is where the game is. This is the state of the game. You may not like it. You, you may have never done it before or couldn't see yourself doing it previously. Yep. You have to do it. Uh, Joe lands on the list this what? week. He said that uh, you can – he said barbecue sides over barbecue meat. Oh, yeah, He yeah, said yeah. you can tell how good the barbecue yep. is going to be Stand by based us. on the sides of a barbecue place. Yep. Just a, a, an awful barbecue take. Why? An awful Texas barbecue take from somebody who the, – the best food in his city are hot dogs. No, okay. So I guess I guess I should rephrase my take. No, but hot dog sounds better. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, understand why, I understand why I'm on Bad Take Boulevard for this. So I, wanna, I would like to – You're going to Homer Simpson I would like to – a chance to re-give this take. Okay? Okay. You can tell a barbecue spot is elite, elite, elite if their sides are very good. Like J-Bar M. Their sides are so good that you can tell that their meats are going to be also elite at the same time. I would say, wouldn't you say, like, if your sides can, can mat- try and compete with how good yeah. the barbecue is. Yeah. So like, that's like if the sides are really good, I feel like the meat's also going to always be very good. A lot of it times. Just, it makes everything elite. A lot of times, though, they'll mail in the sides. That's they're my spending point, so much energy on the meats and their meats are elite. Like, I don't – I've been to Franklin's a couple of times. Franklin's best brisket outside of the city of Houston. Uh, not better than J-Bar-M. Best brisket outside of the city of Houston I've ever had, Franklin's. I've had it twice. Their sides? Where's that? I not don't good. remember them. Austin. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember their sides, period. That's fair. I've been yeah. to a couple with, with A.J. Hoffman in Dallas, and uh, it does. you do notice – when like the mac and cheese seems to be less than, or some of the sides just don't seem to be 
like what you would think of as quality. But the main thing you're there for is if the brisket tastes great, if the meats are, you know, made the right way, yeah. the ribs are on point, then, you know, that's what you're going to be focused on anyway. Now, you know I what? love I love the sides. And you're right, J-Bar-M sides are elite. I just don't think there's correlation there. Like, if you had a barbecue mile in Lockhart, which sure. it's Smitty's, Crutes, and Black's. Yeah. You go to Crutes, and, like, they have, like, this, like, it's almost like a fire pit. You walk into the smoke room, it's a fire pit, and it's just like you just want to grab brisket in your hand and take a bite of it. Like, you feel like you're back into the, the caveman days. Okay, so, okay, what if I try to apply this elsewhere to, so you can see where I'm coming from? If you get, if you go to a Mexican restaurant... And the sauce is terrible. Don't you feel like everything after that's going to be disappointing? No, because yes. I, 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 I see? see that's kind of where I'm coming. I from. I just don't think that the correlation is there. I like, understand. Salsa Tex-Mex is very important. Potato salad versus the amazing brisket, not, as, not important. as important. It's not as important. I, 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 I but yet I know certain restaurants where I'm not a fan of their salsa. Yeah, but I am a fan of their fajitas and, and, and some of their some of their main courses. Yeah. barbecue places I grade on their brisket if they have a beef rib, if they have a pork rib. Sometimes the sauce, but not usually. I don't even care about like the birds. Um, well, because if you think about it, most of the turkey, it's not like. I mean, the they, way, they do it well. I just, they don't, I'm but not they're not going cooking the whole turkey. bird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I love that J Barn brought turkey, yeah, but like when delicious. I go there, I'm not. It's not often my first choice. It's not and your go-to, right? Mexican yeah. food, really Tex-Mex food. I, I grade on three different things. Well, maybe four: the margarita, yep, the salsa, mm-hmm. the fajita, and then maybe the tor- the tortilla. The tortillas thrown in there too. I think okay. So I, I was honestly I've thought way too much about this take this week because <laughs> uh, I knew I was going to land on Bad Take Boulevard today. I think this is why I believe this is because I have a much more limited menu when I go to a barbecue place than most people because we don't eat pork anymore. So I don't if they don't have beef ribs, I don't really eat ribs often. I might break that when my wife's not there, like I did when J Bar came. But most of the time. I don't eat pork products anymore. If my father-in-law and her, and her family are listening, I never eat pork products. Yeah, you might have thought. Might again. Might like they take, know. Like your take, you might have already rethought thinking that out no. and not saying it on the air. They know but. the truth. They also don't listen. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP, and those are our bad takes for the week. You have any? You want to throw into the mix? Go ahead. Uh, in Civil Eight two thousand twenty-five uh, went viral today. They're saying it's happening. It's coming. More information coming soon, which begs the question. What's the best sports video game ever made? 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, live at the decoy, and your favorite drive time sports talk, the Killer Bees. Here they are, Joel and Jeremy. He's Blank on Branham, broadcasting live at the Decoy in Spring Branch. Swing on by, hang out with us, hang out with the we – got, we got a few fans out here. Got lots of fans out here. See? 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 Yeah. Uh, here at the, uh, the Decoy in Spring Branch. Great happy hour spot, $3 Modelo's until 7 o'clock. Daily drink specials, a great TV spot, wall-to-wall TVs. We're watching the golf tournament, uh, replays of that lousy Rockets performance yesterday. So if you're looking for a place to hang out for a drink, watch some sports – uh, this is the spot. Also, uh, UFC boxing here, never a cover charge. Uh, not many places around town that you can uh, you can do that. So NCAA dropped a, a little bit of a trailer today, and they, they said, look, we're coming back because there's been some rumor that maybe they weren't coming back. 
I love the NCAA franchise. If I still played video games, I'd be really, really excited I'm, about this. I'm, I'm so excited. I, I maybe I just don't have time to play. Video Wasn't games. Scott Van Pelt like going nuts about this? Yeah, too? I mean, this is like because it's. I know about to get into this. NCAA 14 is one of the greatest video games of all time, like sports video games. It's the perfect video game. Everything was right, and then they just the, the franchise got killed because of lawsuits. But like, yeah, because they have to pay every player in college sports. Yeah, like, but like in our the fantasy football league I'm in with BMAC and like and, and beer, like it's we've been talking about it basically for the last three hours about like we're gonna do dynasty leagues and we're gonna do all these different things. And like, I'm it. Like, I I will stop playing every other video game I have. I will retire from Call of Duty. I will retire from Madden. I just pray they get it right because Madden sucks now. Does it? Madden's really? not good. It is not a good game. I do not enjoy playing it, even though I still play it. I think Why? It's just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just off. Like, it's like the game hasn't gotten any better. So I feel like all you're really play, paying for every single year is updated rosters. So, like, that's one thing with this game where, like, I, I just hope they get it right because as good as NCAA 14 was, Madden has just gone downhill, I think, since about that time. So, like, if this, I know it's a different team than the Madden group. Oh, is it? Making, uh, that's, I thought so. Oh. I, think, I didn't I think hear that. But I, it's I was, still EA, but, like, the producers of the game are separate. I can't remember the last video game I bought. What was the the last NCAA? was 15 or 14? I think it was, I think 14 was the last I thought it was one. 15. You was are, the, you're probably right. With Denard Robinson. It's 14. 14 is the last one they made? Yeah. Then the last video game I think I bought was NCAA 13. <laughs> I didn't buy the last one. Yeah. The last video game that I played, I think I was probably NCAA 13. Yeah. I can't think if there was – maybe during COVID – Maybe during COVID, I bought no a golf Tiger Woods. Game. There wasn't a Tiger Woods after NCAA 13. No, I'm saying you you never dabbled on the Tiger. Oh, Woods. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But I'm sorry about the last play. video game that I bought. Oh, I have Tiger Woods 2K22 right now. Did they come back with a new Tiger? It's so good. But I think they were he was gone for a while. He was gone for a little bit. They still they made the game, but they just and took that's his a name 2K off. one now, right? It's 2K. It's, it's not an EA. Like the last Tiger EA is probably what? Yeah, the oh, 2K. I don't even know. The 2K Tiger game is really good. I love playing. it. I like Tiger. I liked it. I liked NCAA. I like Madden. I like the college basketball game. I like the college, college baseball basketball game. was good. Uh, the one with Greg Oden on the cover was my favorite. Yep, that was a the good Greg game. Greg Oden on the cover was fantastic. I loved NBA Jam just because he – NBA Jam oh, was awesome the, too. The, I mean, I can't tell you how many times – Oh, Joel, that. can I – you want me to – oh, you know what? This what? might not work for you. This might not work for you because you got the green dots. But in your, in your, in your phone app, there is an NBA Jam – Oh, yeah. For your phone. I used to Ooh. have it on my I, phone. I, I download it before. I don't ever play it except when I fly. I used to do have that. Have you been heating up? Right, sometimes. And, and, I just, and I straight up just play NBA Jam on my phone from whatever I fly from here to Chicago or wherever. Loved it. What is the greatest sports game ever made? The answer for me is King Griffey Jr. Baseball on Super Nintendo. That is my favorite video game of all time. They have, like, the fake names. They're not even real names. Like, all the New York Yankees are named, like, after former, like, <laughs> historians or presidents yeah. or something like that. They, they didn't have the real names. Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball for Super Nintendo is my favorite sports game that has ever been made. I still have it. I still haven't, haven't dusted I off loved, played it in a long time. Pong. But I still have it. I loved it. Pong. No, smartass. Atari. <laughs> I, I loved NBA Jam. And then Mike Tyson punch. And out. then I evolved that was a great from game. Yeah. I evolved great from game. Madden to the golf games. All the golf games I love. The Tiger Woods golf is amazing. I it's just so good. I love the golf game. Would you do the whole spin thing? Because I always thought that was unrealistic. It's, no, I, it's way too like <laughs> yeah. you do it because like you have to if you want to win these tournaments in the Tiger Woods games even now. Yeah. But like it's it's oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, Tiger Woods is really really good. Honestly, for like for me, it is NCAA fourteen. It's probably number one. Uh, number probably the one we played the most in college 
We played NHL 94. Somebody texted, somebody tweeted oh, that. Really? I, that game was awesome. It was I had so that game too. good. Like, it, the game was much more basic. Like, the NHL games now are too advanced. Like, you can do all the deking and everything. Like, Does Golden Tee count? I don't know. I mean, you said NBA it's Jam. Because it's not a – yeah, because – well, NBA Jam, there was different versions of it. But yeah, Golden but I, Tee is not, yeah. like, for I still a think, system. I still think of Jam mostly as the arcade machine. And then Golden Tee, the same. I love Golden Tee. Golden Tee's amazing. Terrible at it. I can't figure it out. I never really got into Golden Tee, ever. I just wasn't a fan. Got a buddy um, that put one in his house. I was, I was somewhere on Sunday for the Super Bowl in which this person has NBA Jam, Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, Pac-Man, mini arcade machines in their mm. house. All different machines because they do have the one machine yeah, you that can has buy, like multiple Yeah, multiple you can games. buy the individual machines at like Walmart or Target now. 1420 says FIFA hands down. I love FIFA's FIFA. FIFA's great. I'm not a, like, I like soccer, but I'm not like this oh soccer hardcore dude. No, but see, FIFA... I think is the most realistic sports game you can play. No, see, because the thing is if, that if, if, if they played soccer for real, mm-hmm. like you play in FIFA, soccer would be the most popular sport because in the world. It's just like up and down Because all you do is you attack. <laughs> it's not this boring, Man. like, pass, pass, pass. Sorry, Glenn. Pass, 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 Glenn. Like, all you are is attacking on both sides of the ball every time. I've told you all this before. FIFA is the number one game in the NBA. Thing. Oh yeah! On every plane, in every like in our in the equipment manager's room on the the massive like nineties whatever inch TV, pregame guys were like betting and going at it hard in a, on FIFA in high school. We would play a lot of King Griffey Jr. in the in the locker room. Early college, we would have like the we would have like eight of us are usually or six or whatever, and we would have like World Cup tournaments. Yeah, like we would have like four countries each and like go all in World Cup group stage, knockout stage, all out. And I've actually done it during when you COVID. were when you were in college. Did all your video game playing pertain drinking? No, most of mine not necessarily. Did. When we played NHL '94, we turned it into a drinking game. So we would play before we would go out. So once you gave up a goal, so we'd have like five or six of us. You give up a goal, whoever gave up the goal takes a shot, and you hand the controller to someone else. Mm. So we would just keep going and going and going. Now, so the person, if you were too good at the game, you didn't drink much. Who was your team on NHL 94? I still play with the Hawks. Mine were the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, the Hawks were great. You had Lemieux like, and Hawks Docker. were on, like, the, and Chelios and everyone right yeah. then. They oh, were, that's the, right. The yeah, Penguins yeah, were the best. Yeah, yeah. I played with I, the Penguins all the time. Yeah, it was so much fun. You Seven, had both of them. That's does right. Mario Kart count as a sports game? Somebody said you're, you're forgetting the fight night yeah. game. Mario Kart's awesome. Mario Kart's great. We Mario also made Kart's, that a drinking game. <laughs> of course you did. Somebody said NHL 99. I never played an NHL past 94. 99's pretty good. Uh, FIFA was awesome, says Blaine. Somebody said GoldenEye. That's not a sports game. But it's a great game. <laughs> what is it? GoldenEye? GoldenEye. GoldenEye. Somebody Eye. said GoldenEye. Yeah. Mutant League Hockey. Did you ever what play that? that? I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. By, by the name he of it, I want to try He says it. you could kill your opponent. Sounds like a Hunger Games. Oh. That's like uh, when they went too far with NFL Blitz. They, somebody said NFL Blitz, and then there's a hockey one called Hits. Yeah, NHL Hits. I never heard. Yeah, of NHL and then there hits. was NFL Street, which is in, NFL Street was fun. It was more like five on five. You guys played like your quarterback played safety. Like it was, a, it was a lot of fun. But there was one NFL Blitz where they went too far, and you could give steroid injections to your players. Oh that's my not, god, like, that's just realistic. They would like, like they would like if you hit a guy a certain way, like like slow mo, zoom in all the way to the bone. You would see the guy's knee like break in half. But then you could give a guy a steroid injection. <laughs> I think you got like a certain amount of steroid injections per game. You could like give your guy steroids and you keep playing. Tyler and Connor says soccer is the most popular sport in the world. You clown. Uh, let's go out to the. I HRP. said America. <laughs> let's go out to Did the. Did Glenn HRP text that? Was that line. Glenn Davis? Pena, you're in the hive with the beast. What's up, Pena? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, so 
uh, Joe said at NFL Street or NBA Street, uh, either, either one of those streets, they're pretty fun. Or uh, a fight night. That was really fun. Uh, thank you. all Have a great night. I played a little fight night. You could play with all the, the former boxing greats and stuff. Fight night that was one, fun. That Are your boundaries curbs in NFL Street? Uh, they were like, it was like a, it was like a, they were like walls. I guess it depends on like what field you played yeah. on. But like, it would be like, it would look like you played in the backyard. That's what I mean. The NBA Street one, like that you'd play like in Harlem on the black court, That's on, on cool. the blacktop, like Dr. J would be in the game. It was way different. So there'd be like new characters that they created, but then you would have like current NBA players, legends. It was So awesome. essentially Rucker Park knockoff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. WCW awesome. versus NWO Revenge. Great game. I used to play the wrestling games when I was young. I still do. Yeah, is it really? They still make you them? still yeah. do. I'm, I can't wait till WWE 2K24 comes out. What, what do you do? CM Punk's back in the game. Can't wait. <laughs> do you play that online? Uh, no, I play by myself. I didn't know that Your they still made those gonna games. Be like, he's going to be force-fed gaming. He won't watch football, so I think he'll be okay. He'll watch football. So what would you say is the best? I, I For me, it's uh, NCAA 14. NCAA 14 is probably that's my, my favorite game. That's, that's my favorite, like, modern game. King Griffey Jr. is my favorite. Some people are saying it's Tecmo Bowl, Super Tecmo Bowl. Super, I, I'll forever I, say King Griffey, but I did. I loved NCAA. I mean, for me, before I quit playing altogether, when Madden came on the scene and it was like, it, it just upgraded everything to a level where you were like, now this is what it's supposed to be like. That's why I would always say so funny. I, was, I told Michael Carroll we were, when I was at the studio we were, ta- we were going to talk about this today, and he and I are in agreement that, NFL 2K was a better game than Madden. Get out of here. I like I like 2K5 way better than Madden. And then when EA got the rights, I liked it less. I like the college basketball two games, uh, 2K games more Those than were the fun. EA college yeah. basketball games. I thought college basketball was fun. I hope that this and is M- the next And thing. NBA 2K was far better than NBA. Was live? It live? Yeah. Yeah, the 2K basketball live games were good. far better. Uh, did, what was your favorite baseball game? Uh, like, Griffey's my favorite, but, see, like, modern? See, I, I like the college Griffey baseball Griffey was my favorite one. player, so anything with Griffey I, on it. Was, I think the show is great. Like, I get the show every year. <laughs> like, I, I still think the show is a really good baseball game. You do the road to the show? Yeah, I do road to the show or just to do, like, a franchise. Usually second base. Okay. I try to keep my height similar. My weight's down, but my height's the same. How's your turn it, too? It's, it's usually okay. Are you a contact guy or a power guy? Uh, contact always. I don't got no power in me. I'm 5'6". Um, <laughs> we know and, uh, you're not stealing any bases. Uh, Slugfest. I loved Loved Slugfest. This uh, this this segment really brought out the best in Joe. I love video games. <laughs> Joe, Joe lit up. Man, between you and Beard, there must be still an excessive amount of video games. Look, played. Brian. Look, I was sorry. I've already been told that the week when NCAA uh, twenty five comes out, myself, Brian McDonald, and Sean Mapes are out. Dell and Andrew are going to have to produce every single show. We're going to all take vacation time. Absolutely. I will not be here. Either will Brian. We're taking will vacation we're, time. We're all taking vacation to play video time. games. We're all doing it. Oh my God! Uncle Barney just said that Dave Durson was an animal. Durson? Te- he said Technoble. Dave Durson from the Bears? I don't know. Oh, it must be. It yeah. must be. I thought, it was like, I thought he was talking about his friend. CTE, but I, guess. I, play, I played. I didn't play Technoble. I played. I played the second Technoble. I, I played. There was Super. an original. No, there was two Technobles. I think. I think there was an original Technoble, then a Technoble, and then a Super Technoble. Yeah, I only played Super. I played the second Techmo and then the Super Techmo. Yeah. Durson, R.I.P. Right. I, I don't know. No idea. I, 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 thought he was, know. I thought he was Uncle Barney's so. friend. No, Durson, <laughs> I didn't know I think, he was a bear. I think Durson had CTE and ended up taking his life. Oh, that's that's terrible. Yeah. That's, he was a hell of a player for the Bears, let's, man. Let's end the segment there. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just teasing. 713-780-3776. Yes or no? Are you paying John Grenard $20 million AAV? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN, the 97.5 ESPN, 92.5.